0: We're having some technical issues on our recordings again, so I'm going to record through Zoom because it seems to come out cleaner that way. And hopefully those all change. I think we have a bad master board, which is getting replaced next week. So, I mean, I'm really open, guys. It's just, wow, you know, the Lord's open today too. So So I just heard the Lord say the kingdom is open. What do you want?
1: (laughs) I think that I'd like to hear what Muriel has to say. About anything, you know, we,
2: just, Me.
3: Yeah, we watch you we watch, and you always have these really super awesome comments
1: and you just have something to say. There's just so much going on in your life and in your mind. I'd just like to hear what you have to say, whatever it is.
4: I do have a nice story.
1: Okay. That,
4: that happened. If you can imagine 15 years ago. There was a uh, a young man, about 16, 17 years old, and he decided he was a, quite a good athlete, but he wanted to, you know, start going to the gym. He didn't know what to do. So he goes to this gym and he starts, you know, lifting five-pound weights and, you know, doesn't really know what all the machines do or what they're for. And so he kind of fumbles around and then he decides, well, he's feeling kinda, kind of embarrassed maybe a little bit. So he decides to leave. So he, he leaves but then he decides the next day or so that he's going to go back and try again. So he goes back, does the same thing again, lifts the weights, does whatever. And he thinks, Oh, I'm just going to leave. So he's going down the stairs and this hand him by the shoulder. And he looks up at this big burly biker looking guy. And the guy says, I, I seen you did do it. You did yesterday. You left. And he says, let me show you a few things. So this guy kind of took him underhand and, showed him how to use the machines, the kind of things he could do to, that would work to help build up his body for the sports he plays and stuff. Well, this young man didn't see this man after a while. The gym closed down and and uh, he went on to become actually a personal trainer. He went on and started building a business all because of this man, this man who stopped him and put his hand on his shoulder and said, you know, I, let me help you. So anyway this young man he 15 years later he sees this man and he recognizes him and all that he did for him and and he goes and he it was in a restaurant and he and he goes up to the man and he thanks him and tells him what he did in front of his family and friends that he was with what he did and what it meant to him and uh, they had a nice little chat and then this young man decided I'm going to pay his bill. I'm going to I'm going to cover his bill for for his dinner tonight. There's some little thing that I can do for him, so he does. It ends up this man. It was his his wife's birthday. He forgot. Uh, he forgot to bring a cake, so he had a round of dessert brought in, and and uh, not knowing that his bill was going to be covered or anything. So anyway, the lady comes to this young man, now grown to be thirty or thir- thirty two or so. And uh, gives, presents the bill to him. He says, yeah, no problem, no problem. Writes a little note on it to tell the man, you know, what he meant and all the things. So it, off goes the bill. The guy gets it, realizes it was covered, goes looking for this young man, finds him. And because uh, the guy w- was at a wedding. And so he was in the same building. So they meet and they talk, they hug, thanks him says, oh, you know, we got to get f- together for coffee. So I, I thought that was such a beautiful story. And I seen this all unfold last night because it was my son was the young man. Oh. And, uh, I was I was very proud of what he did and, and appreciative that he was appreciative of what this man did. And I think it's going to probably start a nice friendship <laughs> oh. uh, with them and stuff. That's so, awesome. so, you know, like it, it, that's the gratitude part of what we do. Yes, And that's why it's so important and so vital and to remember and to pay back and pay forward and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's what's really on my mind at this point, because I was at a wedding last night and and that was the, a big thing that uh, that unfolded there. So I just wanted to share that story with you. I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, Stuart, but that was Perfect. what's on my mind.
1: <laughs> that really is really to me. I really appreciate that. I, I'm going to draw on that in the future.
4: Thank you. Yep, right, thank you very
1: much. right on. <laughs> Small encounters become big things.
4: Yeah, they do. That's pretty cool. You know, you see, you, you
1: watch motivational speakers and you hear preachers, and they tell all these really inspirational stories. But when you sit there and you know somebody and you get that personal and, you know, when you talked about that, I had this mental picture of this biker with tattoos and, and this really small. <laughs> yeah, smile. he has tattoos. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just see this, you know, it was like this big burly guy planted these seeds and they grew in your son. But, you know, just the fact that it grew in him and your son was receptive to that and took that to heart. And it was like, it changed his belief system and it encouraged him and it was like, you know, we always want to have this. Well, the the man of God came by, but here we have just somebody that God used, and that is just really powerful. Thank you.
5: And the reality, the reality of that, what you said, Stuart, is that it was a man of God. Yes. Just in a, you know, not in a dramatic.
1: manner. not have his King James version with him.
5: Right, <laughs> right. But you know, when we see, oh, this is a man of God. Because yeah. that's what God done.
0: Nice. Nice. I'm going to move into the Beatitudes for a few minutes from an Aramaic perspective. Unless somebody else has something they want to talk about. Well, I just
5: want to say, I think we encountered an angel yesterday.
0: Well, I thought,
5: thought it was a real person, but I don't know. I think it was an angel. <laughs> we had an encounter with a man who was a... Being a photographer, you told the story earlier.
0: Well, but not everybody heard us. We okay. come in front of the camera and tell the story.
5: We were out hiking. We were out hiking this new trail, and there was this lookout point, and a couple was there. And this man, who had obviously been taking pictures with his nice camera, offered to take pictures of them with their cell phone. And so we hung back and watched, and then they they all left, and the photographer kind of hung out there and says, "Hey, you guys, take your time." Um, I'm, don't mind me I'm just gonna take a break so we go and we look at the look at the oh my gosh it was that that was that really beautiful scene you look down and there's a river going to screen that way it was gorgeous anyway so we strike up a conversation with this photographer and he starts showing us his art his photography and he's just so into it and he's talking about it and he's talking about how you know the nature and and you know, we just see God in nature, and you know, we just mentioned God once, real quickly, and so then Terry gets a download for him, shares a, a very encouraging word to him, and the man starts to tear up a bit, what like, have you, and, and and it was just really awesome. So we exchanged names, and I asked him, "You got the Facebook page?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and um, because he posts his photography on there, and. He he let me show him my artwork, and he was like, "Wow!" So he took my name, and we got his name. And lo and behold, I go look for him on Facebook. I cannot find him. I cannot find him. And so I don't know if he was a real person or not. But it was amazing. I mean, it, we can see just being a little bit of encounter, encouraging him on his journey. He was um, very encouraged into t- to tears and. Of course, we're just about there too, and it was just a super fantastic time.
0: Totally chance encounter,
5: yes, yeah, chance
0: encounter in quotations totally
5: unexpected encounter. It was great.
0: And the guy, the guy took Carol's info was going to messenger her so he she could connect with him, but yeah. Finding him on Facebook.
5: Come here, can't find him on Facebook.
0: find him. So, um, but that's well.
5: That's, we
4: entertain angels. unaware Maybe that was what it was. Yeah. I wonder.
0: So I made an angel cry.
4: You must have emotion too.
2: Made angels cry before. <laughs> that was a bird. <laughs>
0: That was a bomb, wasn't it? No, that
2: was good. Yeah. I <laughs> <Just laughs> anyway,
0: for you. <laughs> Keep me humble. Keep me humble. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Anybody else got anything they want to share? All right. So let's talk about the Beatitudes. If you've got your Bible and you want to look it up, you're in Matthew 5, uh, verses 3 through 12. And we're going to actually talk about the second Beatitude in a I just want to pause and let the presence of the Lord just bring peace for the moment and eat ears to hear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take some deep breaths and relax. So the second beatitude is blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. That's out of the King James Version. But the Aramaic version says uh, you can translate that verse. Five different ways. Blessed are those in emotional turmoil. (laughs) They shall be united inside by love. And healthy are those weak and overextended for their purpose. They shall feel their inner flow of strength return.
6: Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you read that? What? Which one? The one you just
0: Healthy yeah. are those weak and overextended for their purpose, they shall feel their inner flow of strength return.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's who knows. Yeah, I would
7: like one too, please. Is that out of the mirror translation or something else? No, this is out of
0: that um, uh, prayers of the cosmos that we, we did uh, Lord's eight, four months ago.
7: Can you see that? Oh.
0: And I gave my handout. If you don't have one, let me know, and I'll make sure you get one. What did you want?
7: Yeah, I don't have one.
0: There, okay, Miral, you, you I think I sent it to you electronically. Do you still have yours?
4: Probably, I'll check. Okay. What if page, not, are, me what page are you
0: reading? I'm on page 50 right now.
4: You sent it by email?
0: Yeah, that would have been back months ago. Um, if you okay. don't have it, let me know, and I'll resend it.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's when we're doing the Lord's Prayer. So here's the third one. Healed are those who weep for their frustrated desire. They shall see the face of fulfillment in a new form. Mm. How many of you have got a desire that just never seems to manifest in you know, a Yeah. Don't give up. What
5: page are you on now? Page okay. 50.
0: Don't give up because you shall see the face of fulfillment in a new form. Mm. Aligned with the one, capital O, one, are the are the mourners and they shall be comforted. And then here's the fifth one. Tuned to the source with a capital S are those feeling deeply confused by life. They shall be returned from their wandering. How I many have you ever felt like you were wandering before you God began to teach you about race?
2: You
0: feel like you've been returning to something truth. But for me, I really like, I really like the first two. Blessed are those in emotional turmoil, they shall be united inside by love. And the second one of that was healthy are those weak and overextended for their purpose. They shall feel the inner flow of their strength. pure
5: Well, so the first one, blessed are those in emmer- emotional turmoil, they shall be united inside by love. It gives me the impression that okay, the emotional turmoil is that a a, a result of believing in separation?
2: Could
0: be.
5: Because why would you need to be united inside unless there was some sort of sense of
0: separation?
5: Sense of separation yeah. inside.
6: But I think that just as you go through the bumps in life, like you could know that you're united, but sometimes, you know, don't you think like sometimes you run against something and all of a sudden you get that emotional turmoil? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And and then you got to come back to yourself, like you said. And and Baxter talks about in, I don't know if it's the first video or the second or second audio videos or or the first one, but he talks about when we hit the dark days of the soul. And says, everybody will hit the dark days of the soul at some point. Where, Where are you anchored? Where's your hope? And so, uh, it could be that too. It could be just you know when you hit the dark days of the soul, just you cling to and you know that you're united inside by love, and that should help hold together things until that darkness lifts in, in greater detail. And so, this author writes on um, you know on page 51. The second beatitude the is translated: "Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted." And that's from, you know, that's a Greek translation. But the Aramaic carries that deeper sense, uh, that longing deeply for something to occur. And and how those troubled in emotional turmoil or we are are longing for something. And so what's the suggestion there? Well, I mean, it can mean comforted, but it can also mean return from wandering. That kind of fits with to some degree with what Sharon was just saying is that Sometimes life happens and we wander, even unintentionally. Um, But we're always united inside by love. And if we can remember that and tap into that, then the dawn breaks forth. So feeling that inner continuity uh, of, of love in the midst of longing, in the midst of a sense of turmoil or emotional turmoil, God just meets us right there. And then on the body prayer, they give you a body prayer on page 52. So when you're feeling emotional turmoil or unable to feel clearly any emotion at all, he says experiment with breathing, breathe in. And he get in the word loele. breathe in, loele, And then breathe out. Because you know, remember, Aramaic is a active, interactive language that your whole essence and being is part of the language. And so, just breathing in and breathing out, the sense of God, the sense of His presence, and as you embrace that, it, it starts to restore the flow of life back. It falls, the flow. It says, "Follow this flow back to its source and find the spring from which all emotion arises." And so, emotion isn't bad. God has emotions. We have emotions. The church taught us emotions were bad. I should say, the evangelical church taught us emotions were bad. So, when a would break out, we would condemn ourselves, or we would we would sense that we were doing something wrong. But this this second beatitude is the way they retranslated it here from the original Aramaic: is don't be afraid of your emotions. They may be disruptive at the moment, in a sense, but they're there, you can't deny they're there, right? Mm -hmm. If we deny they're there, we're denying a part of ourselves that God gave us.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And that, I think, was one of the, you know, one of the things that came from Plato was be a stoic. Or as the British coined it, have a stiff upper lip. Mm -hmm. Don't show emotion. And that's just not the way life works. So I love this I love the way they, they put this. and so again, part of the emphasis of this whole Aramaic is realize that you're in you're in the moment. You're in the oneness of what's going on. And don't judge it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't judge it. It is what it is. Don't judge it because the minute you judge it, you're going to make it worse so you let it you let those emotions come and you can breathe through them and then let them go up and as they are go as you let them go out this just that sense of the inner love and connectedness that union that oneness whew, really helps and that's a lot of what baxter's I'm going to that that audio that I'm going to send you to listen to baxter talks a lot about union and oneness as well so then the third beatitude, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What do you guys, what do you guys know about blessed are the
2: meek? Who are the meek? The humble. The humble? The wimpy. The what?
5: Wimpy. The
2: wimpies.
0: <laughs> I'll gladly pay you a Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> wimpy. You know, turn me on the cheek. Turn it back, get pounded into oblivion. That's that's the concept of me that some have put out there. But listen to this. This is this is the again five different interpretations on page fifty three of the Aramae. Blessed are the gentle; they shall inherit the earth. The gentle, it's a kind word that turns people. It's the kindness of God, the gentleness. I mean, how many of you ever thought of God as gentle? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't pick up the bishop's walking stick and pound you into oblivion. That's my job. That's your job. <laughs> yeah, you throw the hand grenades, God doesn't, right? <laughs> gentle. And then the next one, healthy are those who have softened what is rigid within. They shall receive physical vigor and strength from the universe, from, from God. Healthy are those who have softened what is rigid within. Oh my gosh. It takes me back to those older, those days have gone by. When Right? Wrong. Where does that come from? The law, and out of the tree of what, the knowledge of good and evil. You're judging. When you're judging, you're locked in. You're rigid. You will love. You will love. Towards when when Baxter on this tape I'm going to send you or this connect you guys to. When he starts talking about why the cross, he talks about when people get locked in how difficult it is to move out of it. But a gentle word can pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. But no, if you don't line up with the way I believe, there are consequences. But no, begin to explore because God's gentle. He lets me explore. He lets me find out what I need to know for how for what he created in me. And Sharon's expression of creation is different than Linda's and it's different than Muriel's, it's different than Greg's, it's different than Carol's, it's different than Stuart's, it's different than Valerie's, it's different than mine. If I have to go cookie cutter mode to figure out how that works in me by conforming to you guys, I'm never gonna get there. Because if i learned anything in the last few years, is conformity doesn't cut it. (laughs) That's denomination. That's denomination, yeah. Yeah. And here's the third one. Aligned with the one, capital O, are the humble, those submitted to God's will. They shall be gifted with the productivity of the earth. So here we see gentleness. We see softness. We see humility. And what comes out of that? The productivity of the earth. You're gifted with that. I don't know, man. Elon Musk must be kind of, he must have some gentleness in him because look at the productivity that he's produced. But at the same time, look at the struggle he's going on in his life. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And then the fourth one, healed are those who have wept inwardly with the pain of repressed desire. They shall be renewed in sympathy with nature. Now, if you correlate that back to the previous one where he said, um, let me find that. Healed are those who weep for their frustrated desire. They shall see the face of fulfillment in a new form. Healed are those who have wept inwardly with the pain of repressed desire. They shall be renewed in sympathy with nature. Something about repressed desire God has given us desires, and when we can't express them, we get frustrated, right? And here, this this Aramaic expression of the Beatitudes is saying, ah, but the day is coming when you'll be able to express it. You'll be able to reap the the harvest of the desire. So don't lose hope. Don't be discouraged, because the day is coming. The day is coming for the manifestation. Whether that guy was an angel or not, that Carol and I encountered yesterday—oh my gosh! God was using the desire to take these awesome pictures and share them, as he said he was sharing them with people who'd been shut in through COVID and lost their sense of connectedness to nature and to God. And those pictures were awakening people, and he—and he just felt this. You know, I got a sense he just felt his great desire to keep going forward. And that was a desire that had been in him for a while. But he had to learn a camera, he had to learn lenses, he had to learn a lot of different things. Now, if he was an angel, that was pretty awesome. But if he's not, he was fulfilling a those <laughs> desires because he was giving expression and it led to an encounter between Carol and him and I that, you know, I know he walked away up with mm-hmm. I
2: know
0: he walked away feeling like he's doing what he was supposed to do because i affirm that desire. And, and so God will do that. He'll affirm desires and he'll open the doors for them. Can I? Yes.
6: Um, okay. So when you, a minute ago before you were talking about the first one that said, blessed is those who mourn, who will see in a di- different form. And then the healed are those who are in. Can you go into that a little bit more? Cause like, I feel like I need to know more.
0: I ask you again.
6: So the first thing was um, that you mentioned was okay. Healed are those who weep for their frustrated desire; they shall see the face of fulfillment in a new form. And then healed are those who weep inwardly with pain of a repressed desire, and they shall be renewed in sympathy with nature.
0: Yeah,
2: because. Um,
0: when we have a sense of desire, we try to analyze how to do it, yeah, how to make it happen. Yeah. So we immediately go into trying to figure it out from Reason. the tree of the knowledge of the evil mm-hmm. That brings frustration. Mm-hmm. But when we realize that if God put the desire there, He will unfold the path for it mm-hmm. out of the tree of life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a huge difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One is inspiring, the other one will. Uh-huh. it will feel stifling it will, you know you're trying to do it out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it will feel stifling we'll become frustrated and we actually sometimes just delay delay its manifestation uh-huh. because we're trying to figure it out
2: uh-huh.
0: so if we step back and go god i have this this desire and it's i'm kind of frustrated uh-huh. <laughs> but i'm just going to let your peace flow into that at the moment and then suddenly inspiration will start to pop. It might take quite a few times
2: mm-hmm.
0: or it might come in pieces
2: mm-hmm.
0: but if we can be, one of the things about living out of the tree of life is if we're not analyzing it as good or bad, then patience is part of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, is that answering
2: where you're...
6: It, it's answering the first one okay. but the second one, renewed in sympathy was nature
0: to get to that one, but that's on page 59? 53. 53,
6: okay. Like just specifically like what does renewed in sympathy with nature kind of mean? That's my same question. What does that mean? How right. Unfold that for us. I,
3: uh, <clears throat> the way I see it, he says, you look at your circumstance and you see what's going on and I see nature is is the natural way where God I have God created nature, He has control of everything. So it's through all the beatitudes, I, I see it as like you get in a situation and the devil grabs your face and turns your head and you get your eyes off the circumstances.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But God says if you just look back to me, you I will.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I will. And I And it is it is a natural way of trying to if if you look at if you look at nature, everything is in order.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Everything is is laid out for you. And it's it's really funny because you know I'm I'm what I first went to was you know like not Tai Chi, but you know, um not necessarily karate or anything, but it's, you, you take the force that comes at you. You just, you just absorb it. It just, no, that's not, that's not what I accept. That's not what I want, but I'll take what is natural. I'll take nature and I'll, I'll let, and God just says, I am right there. I am in control of everything. If you, if you, if you take your eyes off your circumstances and no, I won't say that. Um, You'd have to believe it. Um, If you take your eyes off of what's going on in your life or what's gone, what's happened in the past and see that I was in that and I will be in your future, it it is a natural flow of what comes from him. I really don't know how to put it. You know, it's just, it's a difference of saying something as to believing something mm-hmm. you know cuz i've talked to terry about this it's i think the thing that bothers me a lot about a lot of christians they they talk a good game but do you really know that mm-hmm. you know this 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 is that when you're all by yourself
2: and you, you start getting beat up Do you really know that God's with you and that
3: he loves you and he's going to hold you and protect you and take care of you and provide for you? Yes. And so I think that, and that is really, I think that is the natural way to to bring his love, not back into your life, but to bring it up out of you again, because it's there and and it gets suppressed. And, circumstances in life and you know we all get handed that bag filled with that proverbial stuff and you don't have to accept that you could you just you take what he has for you i don't know what more to say but i just rambled
2: No, i, I think there's
0: there's a lot of truth to what you just said but if you gotta go back to the concept in era the era perspective It's not Newtonian nature, do this, with that. The Aramaic concept is there is a cosmos. Did you have something you want to add, Mira, before I go on?
4: Well, it's in line with what we're talking about, and I think where you're going with what you're going to say, (laughs) because I think you said that, told us previously that in the Aramaic, uh, that they don't have the past or the future. They have the now. So what Greg's talking about too is that uh, I just kept seeing the now, the now. Wh- what's going on right now is like, for lack of term of words, is, is the magic. Is the is the result of the past and the hope of the future, and living the now and the present is uh, it's not easy. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, maybe you know what you're going to say. I think is going to go in line with that. Have that feeling, so but just just the now. Think of the now, the present. Try to live in the present.
2: Uh, um, can
5: I? Jump down. So I looked up the word sympathy. I
2: was
5: just going to do that. And one of the definitions definitions says unity or harmony in action or effect. And when I think of okay, sympathy with nature, when you think of nature, nature has a rhythm, um, life, death. You know, life, growth, beginning, growth, death, and it—it's a cycle. And it—and after being in nature this weekend, it just—I would just remember just standing there, stopping and standing, and just absorbing the surroundings, um, and how at ease that put me. And you know, you can walk the trails, but you got to pay attention to your where your feet are. So that's why you stop and just go, wow, I just want to take all this in because this is amazing. You're surrounded with it and you're in it and you're just, you know, the the, the vegetation is giving you your oxygen and you're giving the vegetation, it's so-called oxygen. Um, it, so it's a, it's a what, symbiosis type, is that the right word? Um, so you're living in harmony there, and I think, and, and then I kind of took a peek at page 55 on the body prayer, and it even talks about visualize your favorite place in nature, and then even better yet, go there because there's just something about breathing in and out in that environment mm-hmm. that brings us into harmony um, with with creation, yeah. including ourselves. I think it brings harmony with
6: so I don't know if that that helps because when I looked up sympathy I had looked up sympathy earlier and it didn't say that at all it was completely different and that's what I think was tripping me up Is it was just a pitying somebody or feeling sorry for somebody or I understand how much pain you're in so it wasn't at I mean none of these say anything about that harmony and related Mm -hmm. so that helps a lot any yeah
2: ideas?
0: again, what I was going to say is if you if you go back and read the early part of this booklet, Aramaic does not separate like Greek philosophy does. It, everything is is one. Everything is part of a whole picture. Mm-hmm. So you can't separate yourself from the cosmos. you can't separate yourself from God. There's this unity position, this unity presence, that is always flowing. So I, I, you know, I think I throw hit it on the head with sympathy is, is being in oneness. It's being, it's sympathetic harmony, so to speak, as opposed to what the Webster definition. Yeah. And so when we're in harmony, when we understand there's this oneness, and let me go back here and just pick it up from here a second. But, you know, Unlike Greek Aramaic presents a fluid and a holistic view of the cosmos. The arbitrary borders found in Greek between mind, body, and spirit fall away. Uh, we are organized and defined on a poetic root and pattern system, so that each word may have several meanings. And so that whole concept of uh, I'm in I'm in oneness with God, and that's where that that where that breakthrough comes through. That Arakreesus is it. Car yeah that's that's yeah that's a good word to insert there. so so they shall be renewed in sympathy or harmony with nature. And I tell you what Yes the last couple of days when we were out just marveling at the beauty of, of what we were seeing there was like this uplift in the soul. you couldn't you couldn't couldn't deny it
2: yeah
5: and you know we're looking at it says if you're experiencing you know the pain of repressed desire as long as you keep focusing on that it's just the pain's just going to grow but out there in nature I mean I didn't have any thoughts of any repressed desires whatsoever I was just in awe and in wonder and amazed at just how beautiful and to be right there in it. And not, you know, just looking at a photograph of it, but being in it. And it, you know, it, it gives you a mind shift and it helps you to get off of the, uh, the repressed desires
4: and helps you refocus. Yeah. The photograph more or less just gives you a taste of yeah. it. But you were experienced being when you were actually in those actual photos, being in those places.
7: Yeah, so we can yeah. get a
4: taste of things, but to, to fully experience it, it's a whole another yeah. level.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Terry took a picture of me. And I went out on a. There was a big tree that had fallen, and it went across this big cavern. And uh, it, you know sometimes I might go off path, and um, so I was on this tree doing my uh, Wonder Woman stance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> Terry <laughs> taking a picture,
2: and I'm like. You know, send us that
5: yeah. please
0: i will do that
5: <laughs> that that just uh-huh. it just does so much for your soul yeah. it does so much for your yeah. mind and your body and your soul to just yeah.
6: and going you know, back to like how you were care. yeah
1: Everybody.
6: and like you were talking about breathing a couple of weeks ago like when you're out there hiking those trails you breathe i mean it, you breathe deep and that's mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: Take a
0: look at the textual notes on page fifty-four, towards the bottom, the last, the last sentence. It says, "In this case, softening the rigid places within leaves us more open to the real source of power, God acting through all of nature, all earthliness. So, you know, what I'm getting out of particularly of this is when we learn to shut, to soften our rigid, you know, our rigid thinking of from that comes out of judgment. We are opening ourselves to the, to the source of power, God, having more ability to restore and to bring to fruition the desires of our heart. You know, and I'm reminded at this point: what did God say He's going to do to the hardened heart in Jeremiah? I'm going to put My Word in your heart. I'm going to make my. I'm going to take your hard heart and make it a, a heart of flesh. So it's that softening. That as we move out of judgment, and Carol and I listened to quite a, quite a bit of stuff on our trip, um, you know, how judgment is, is just the more we judge, the harder life becomes. And so the more we learn to relax and just go, this, I'm not gonna judge this moment as good or bad. I'm gonna experience it and let God work in it. And, and I just feel like that, that is a, that is something that gratitude and you know our, our discussions of gratitude in that moment helps because God, I don't I don't necessarily feel great today, I, emotionally I feel uh or physically I feel uh, but I'm not going to judge it as good or bad. But I'm gonna I'm gonna receive it as part of where I'm at at the moment and just praise you.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: have breath today. I'm gonna praise you. Mm-hmm. And and that's a hard concept to grasp over right now. Because it requires undoing, for me, 60 plus years of teaching.
5: Yeah. Well, and I think if we realize that judgment goes back to that sense of separation, it puts us on the opposite side of something. Yeah. And then we're looking at dual, dualism. Mm-hmm. We're looking at good, bad, right, wrong when we place a judgment and, but it is challenging to let that go because we were so taught to uh, discern good from evil. And, and we thought that meant judge it. And,
0: and even there's even a a sense, you know, that I've been sort of pondering a little bit that as we learn to release some things we've judged, there creates that sense of, It's not insecurity. That's not the word I want. A sense that something is is abnormal in a sense. Unsettled. Unsettled. That's a good word. Because here I I had fixed boundaries. Yeah.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Here, I'm saying, God, I'm giving up my fixed boundaries, but sometimes this is just unsettling. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and if I don't have, if I don't have a, parameter a what a
3: parameter
0: yeah but if i don't if i don't yeah if i don't have a parameter if i don't have a set of defined boundaries as i'm moving out of things then i think something's wrong yeah because it doesn't feel normal Mm -hmm. and so if i find a place of peace it doesn't feel normal so i want to go back over here yeah
6: it's also like um so like this happened to me yesterday where you know, we're learning all about God's love and his inclusiveness and kindness and gentleness. And then you're with people and they say God's removing his uh, protection off the United States and turning us over to the enemy to get devoured, basically. And then, and it goes through scripture. And so like when you were just talking about judgment, what I found was profound, felt was profound grief. And but I don't know if that was judgment or if it was just grief because yeah. I was like, and, and that unsettled, it's like, yeah, this is what we've learned, but this is what we know now. And there's that. It was like just a lot of, I think grief would be the word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and Valerie had shared with us um, something that, you know, that Alex Begley had, had talked about, and she's the daughter of Darren and passed away recently. And, and how, I mean, she just did a teaching that was pretty profound, I feel, yeah. about trying to release judgment in, out of life. Because, judgment and opinions. Judgment and opinions. Because if we're all one, then I can't judge you. I can't. But yet, the world system teaches you to judge. Mm-hmm. And so there's that learning to undo and that's just not a comfortable place sometimes
6: it was Um, funny though because if you listen to her she's a very it was a great teaching yet she was judging as she was teaching yeah (laughs) i
5: was laughing i'm like oh we haven't learned it
7: all the way yet
6: yeah yeah
0: and and so like carol said on page 55 that prayer that body prayer that practice prayer where you can insert breathing into that you can visualize that favorite place in nature that allows you to open up and receive from the bounty of creation. And I remember years ago, someone that came through the healing rooms and she was a teenager and she would stress about stuff. And I'd say, go find your spot where you can just relax with God in nature. And she would go and she'd come back just a different person. You know, all the stress is just relieved. And so, when she went away to college, I said, "Now, don't forget to find a favorite spot where you can connect with God." And she did that. And and she commented on how great that was for her because she could step away from the pressures of academic life and just and just be. We all need a place to just be sometimes. You know that the the. the uh, I never liked the concept of the prayer closet because I felt claustrophobic in the concept of the <laughs> prayer closet. But you know what? I kind of sat out in one of those trails where Carol and I were yesterday looking at, at nature and just going, and, and I did, I breathed. I, I, I forced myself to breathe norm, you know, deeply and normally, especially after climbing up a hundred steps or whatever. <laughs> uh, but just to appreciate that, and it's the first time I think I've gone on a hype with Carol where I truly, really appreciated the beauty of it all, more than ever. And I, I think it's just awesome to be able to do that. Mr. Graham. I, you know, you talk
3: about photography and pictures and stuff. I'm, I, I see is a photograph, is, is, no matter how good it looks, it has parameters on it. It has limitations on it. Mm -hmm. and i don't know how many times i have said these pictures do not do justice to where i was Mm
2: -hmm.
3: because where you are it's more than just the parameters of a snapshot and i think we to some extent still now but a lot in the past we like that snapshot because we knew where we could go, things wouldn't change. They're going to be there. They're going to be there, and I'm going to be safe. But if if you realize that once you get out of that, it becomes a matter of trusting in God, that that's his, but he has so much more for you. And that it is so much better than just the picture that you've, you've, you've just. You have made in your mind your, you know, because your imagination you get you get locked in on a, a certain way that things should look. But if you release that and say, "How do you see this? Mm. What do what do you want me to see in this?" and it is so much greater, you know it, and it just releases you. You you're not you're not stuck in you know the photograph.
0: Yeah. And I'm convinced that any time you can take a moment and just release into the moment, all right, God, here I am. Something happens. Something positive happens. I may not know it at that moment, but I feel like it's it's like it's like oiling my the mechanism of my mind, and it just keeps keeps turning away. Let's look at the next one, on page 56. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled.
3: What do you guys remember being taught about that? You better work really hard at it, and someday you might obtain it. Mm -hmm. Righteousness was dependent upon you.
0: Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Instead of the gift.
0: And righteousness.
6: Mine was more like you want to be hungry and thirsty for God, because if you weren't hungry and thirsty for God, then you weren't gonna ever make it.
3: Uh, but there's always somebody more hungry and more thirsty than you. They're stealing your joy. Yes. Yeah. You're falling short.
5: <laughs> yeah, and there's always somebody finding fault with our own thirst
2: and yeah.
5: hunger, and telling us, oh, that's not enough. You need to you need to be thirstier
2: or hungrier.
0: Yeah, look at this first this first verse here from the Aramaic, how they translated it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for physical justice slash righteousness. They shall be surrounded by what is needed to sustain their bodies. Now go over to page fifty seven here when it talks about in the very first paragraph the term righteousness. You know, in Aramaic, or um, in English, it's a vague metaphysical term, but in Aramaic, it's the word refers to both inner and outer sense of justice, a base upon which things can rest, the perfection of stability. What's the only base upon perfection of stability and rest we have? Jesus, right? Anything other than that is not going to be stable. The minute we put our, our trust or our sense of rest in ourselves, something's going to move the needle in our life and we're going to put it there. The minute we put our sense in government, oh my gosh. I mean, universally government around the world seems to be failing. So you can't put, you can't rest with government. The only place to rest is, is God. In the form of Jesus, what he did for us was to give us righteousness, to give us peace, and to give us a sense of justice that's not based on right or wrong. That's the hard part right now. A sense of justice, from his perspective, is "I got you, I got all of you." Did not did Jesus not say that those whom the Father has given me will never be lost, never be taken away? Did he say that? And didn't didn't the Father give him everyone? Oh my gosh! And so so we rest we rest in the, in the assurance that he's got us. And that sustains our bodies, according to the way they translated that. We shall be surrounded by what is needed to sustain our bodies. And what Greg needs
3: may be different from what I need. Greg makes me think of the woman woman with the issue of blood, that all she wanted to do is just to touch his hand. And she, you know, and that brought her into a a position. And it's, it's not that she worked that place, you know, because you can make that out of the text. You can make that she worked really hard to fight through the crowd. No, she, in her mind, she knew, all I had to do was touch Jesus, and everything
0: is fine. Yeah. Healthy are those who turn their mouths to receive a new birth of universal stability. What do you think that means? Have you not turned your mouths to receive a new birth of universal stability in the last few years? having your turn from legalism to grace, having your turn from a deeper understanding that grace means he is, he is providing everything we need and that I don't need to judge Greg because God will deal with Greg the way he
3: needs to whenever he throws a hand. Oh, I see an text in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought that was pretty overt. <laughs> it's so almost like, like to, you know to turn your mouth it, it's almost like take in a breath take in his breath and just understand just this is him
0: just just take it in and is it breath the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. every time i breathe I'm breathing in the holy Spirit if i spent my my meditation time just going, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And just did that. And you know, that's an acknowledgement of the divine nature of God at work in my life. And no matter where I am in the midst of my moment, I can always go there. And if I'm breathing that, there's a sense of peace frequently comes, now maybe just for a few moments, But, you know, eventually it becomes more than a few moments. It becomes minutes. It becomes more. Because even as I'm doing it, Holy Spirit is just releasing some things. And then I want to jump down to the fourth one here. Healed are those who persistently feel inside. If only I could find new strength and a clear purpose on which to base my life. They shall be embraced by birthing power. I can remember crying out, God, there has to be more. This isn't, you know, Christianity isn't working for me back in the day. And I cried out, there has to be more. And so I got a new strength, I got a new purpose, I got a new perspective. And that's all part of that birthing power. Remember back when we were when we were looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, part of the Aramaic is, is God is the birther. God births things in us. I don't create. I don't create my passions. God births my passions, and then I can embrace those in cooperation with Him and just have fun. I just think it's great stuff. The word hunger trans, can literally translate to hungering, but it may also mean to turn the mouth towards something or to long for strength and physical being. Thirst conveys an image of being harsh inwardly dried out we might say burnt out. When we long for and finally receive a sense of inner justice and reestablishment of harmony, we see the purpose of hunger and thirst. The purpose of hunger and thirst is to bring us back to that place of harmony with the cosmos, with the creator. It's created an inner sense of radiance and clarity and letting go will have been for a purpose. So when I let go of things, because I just want that greater sense of connectedness, I begin to radiate. I love that word, radiance. Jesus radiated. You radiated. I think one of the reasons Carol and I were able to connect with that guy yesterday is in the sense we were all radiating on the same frequency.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: because when we started talking to him, I started to Carol multiple times and he said, He's speaking our language. He's speaking our language. He was mm-hmm. saying the same thing that we've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so cool to resonate in that connectedness. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, we are on page 59, and you can look at the body prayers on page 58. That's always good. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And here's the, here's the first of the five that they, they translate. Blessed are those who from their, their inner wounds birth mercy. They shall feel as warm arms embrace them. And then the next one, aligned with with the one, capital O, God, are the compassionate. Upon them shall be compassion. I want to pause on that one. When we we perceive and understand our connectedness and our oneness, we're more compassionate towards others. As we begin to give up judgment, we become more
2: compassionate. Right?
0: And as we become more compassionate, we speak more like Holy Spirit into them because He puts things in us like that guy yesterday. You know, I mean, I'm just standing there listening to this guy, and all of a sudden God, you know, the, and the old God engine started telling us, telling that, telling us, telling that.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, and and he received it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And healthy are those who extend grace. They shall find their own prayers answered. Healthy are those who don't judge, if you want to say it that way. They shall find their own prayers answered. And I'm not saying that's conditional. I'm just saying the fact is when you start releasing more into grace and believing more into grace and accepting more into grace, things happen that may have been blocked before.
5: Well, you know, the scripture says, judge not that you be not judged. It's whatever vibration you're giving out, you're going to get it back. So if you're judging, you're going to be judged. And most likely you're judging, you think you're judging somebody else. when actually, you're really reflecting the own judgment you have within yourself Mm -hmm. about yourself. And, you know, that took a while to kind of comprehend. so when you're extending compassion and we're in a place of compassion, and I think about Christ, Jesus, when he healed, it came out of compassion. So he wasn't judging these people at all. And he knew everything that they'd gone through, done, didn't do. And yet he did not judge them. He, he out of compassion, would heal them yeah. and bring them into
2: you
7: know, extend what he had to them. I'm sorry, go ahead. So Carol made the comment that if you judge others, you get judged as well, if I heard that. Yeah. But I kind of feel like regardless, you're going to be judged because people judge. But how you respond to it is what's different. Because like, I got together with someone who is... Very judging, and and it's just very draining to be around. And I'm realizing it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter whether or not I meet her expectations. I need to just let it go and be okay that I'm not meeting her expectations and that I'm not judging whether or not I'm meeting them. Does that make sense? Yes, that's good. Thank you. Makes great sense. Thank
0: you. Healed are those who extend a long, heartfelt breath. Wherever needed, they shall feel the heat of cosmic ardor. We've been talking a lot about breathing. And when we take breaths, we take intentional breaths, it's important because on page 60 under textual notes, it says, you know, yeah, all of these verses talk about compat or uh, Aramaic perspective on it, it talks about compassion and it talks about um, radiance and it talks about uh heartfelt things and here it says the ancient root root uh word womb or or an inner motion extending from the center or depths of the body and radiating heat and ardor so the ancient root of the word uh, where mercy comes from is actually womb out of your innermost being the inner motion of connectedness with with the trinity Extending out from us and radiating from us, you know that's where that's where things happen. And so when you know Carol's telling us about breathing, how we take a deep breath, and you know know, experts are saying the best way to breathe when you take a deep breath is so that your your abdomen extends out. Well, where's that? That's the innermost being. A lot of places. A lot of people say that's where your spirit connects with God. Uh, that's where that gut feeling comes from sometimes. And so as you're as you're drawn into that place, it says the, the root may also mean pity, love, compassion, a long breath extending grace or an answer to prayer. So don't be don't don't get to the place, I guess is what there's what what it's saying from an Aramaic perspective. Don't get to the place where you're in life. You, you feel hopeless because there's always a response and breath to whatever's going on, because it's in that deep breathing that you connect to the rhythm of the cosmos and the creator. And we can always do that, even if it takes the pressure off for just a moment. My mother used to cook with a pressure cooker that had one of those little things on it. Remember those? Mm-hmm. And once in a while, she'd take a fork and release the steam. That's like you're taking a breath. You're releasing the steam of the pressure of the moment, And we can always do that. We can always do that. I can can see my mother doing that right now. That's how, how often she would do it when she was pressure cooking. And then again, there's a breathing exercise that correlates to that. Again, you can take a look at that. Page 62, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Oh my gosh. There's only a few that are gonna see God. Because there's only a few that are pure at heart, and they're the ones that have more school and they have more more going for them than I do, right? Mm -hmm. Did you always always feel like a second class Christian compared to other people? Mm -hmm. I mean, the pastor's got it all together, at least in public. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Here's the error made. Blessed are the consistent in heart, they shall contemplate the one, capital O, God. Healthy are those whose passion is electrified by deep abiding purpose, and they shall they shall regard the power that moves and shows itself in all things. And this one is this one is stuttering. The next one. Aligned with the one, God, are those whose lives radiate from the core of love. And they shall see God everywhere. The more we walk in our, in our union and our oneness, the more we just radiate love. You can go in a room and change the temperature in the room. You can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You radiate, and you don't even. I mean, you may you may not even be conscious of the moment that you're radiating,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you're radiating. I want my radiator to radiate a lot.
6: You got it.
2: Listen
6: to this one. This one's amazing. Go ahead. This is M622. Healed are those who have the courage and audacity to feel abundant inside. They mm-hmm. shall envision the furthest extent of life's wealth. That whole, I mean, that is great. It does take courageousness and audacity to be happy.
0: Thank it takes can. courageousness and audacity to step, step up and stand M62. against the traditional view. It does.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But when you know the truth, it gives you the strength to do that. But I love it. You're healed are those who have the courage and audacity to feel abundant inside. They shall envision the furthest extent of life's wealth.
6: That reminds me of that other verse, may you be in health even as your soul prospers.
3: Third John 2.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Greg, the uh, Young's translation has happy, the clean in heart, because they shall see God. The thing is, we've been told we've got to clean our hearts up. But God says, I will give you a new heart. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Once you realize that he is giving you a new heart, you can see God. It's 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 a repentance of your thought process. Yeah, It's not something you do.
6: Somewhere in there it says that I cauterized out your old heart and gave you a new heart. And when you think about, I always think about that, like cauterizing, like surgery. That's like I'm taking a knife and ripping all that old negativity out of you, and I'm putting in love.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and if you look in the notes on page 63, this is one I underline. It says, um, besides God and the one, the roots of the word Allaha point to the force and passionate movement of the cosmos through the soul of every living thing. In other words, we're all connected, and there's the and there's the force of God moving through all of us and flowing and connecting us. And and, I mean, one of the greatest visions God ever gave me was during a time of communion, and this was 30 plus years ago now. Well, maybe not quite 30 because I was married to Charles, so more like 28. Years ago, where in the middle of communion, I, I saw the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ just pulsating through every single person,
2: mm-hmm. you know, just whoosh,
0: whoosh, and bringing life and bringing wholeness. And, and that this reminds me of that—that that we're so connected that that His blood actually comes through us. And that's something to ponder because that's exciting because. It, there's, there's nothing but life and and nutrients and mm-hmm. all the good stuff in his blood that we need. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it also talks about um, the word see, you know, and when it says, they shall see God, it says that the old root of that word about the image of a flash of lightning that appears suddenly in the sky. Insight comes like that. Well, who had, who's who's the most Prominent person in scripture that got flashed by lightning? Paul. He was Saul at the time. Got flashed and
3: blinded. Mm -hmm. I mean, God's a flasher. (laughs) (laughs) He'll expose himself to you.
2: Oh, oh my good. goodness. That's good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and all you of carnal minds,
2: <laughs> shame <laughs> on you.
6: <laughs> you were just putting that vibration out there, and so we picked up on it.
4: It's <laughs> probably the first time I've laughed in four days. <laughs> I think
0: I'll stop here. No. No? Don't it stop here. Fun. Keep going. All right. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. They, five translations here. Blessed are those who plant peace each season; they shall be made the children of God. So that's something that you do. You 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 can speak peace. You can plant seeds of peace. Healthy are those who strike the note that unites; they shall be remembered as rays of the, of the one unity. It's, and that's to some extent what we've been doing. Is we've been teaching union and oneness, right? As we teach union and oneness, we're, we're striking it out in sympathy with God, and sympathy means resonance in these kids. We resonate with God when we do that. And here's the third one: aligned with the One, capital O, are those who prepare the ground for all tranquil gatherings. They shall become fountains of livingness. Sometimes that's a little that seems a little esoteric, but as we prepare ground by just letting union and oneness exude out of this, letting peace exude out of this, letting goodness exude out of this, we are actually preparing for tranquil gatherings. Carol and I were talking about this the other day, probably yesterday. When I'm at peace, there's more peace in the world than there was before I was at peace. When you're at peace, there's more peace in the world. Somehow, that tends to magnify. And but but the media makes it look like there's no peace. But yeah, we have peace, and our peace is extending to others and it's impacting others. Mm -hmm. Walking through that park yesterday, just being there brought you know, we, we released a level of peace without even having to consciously do it because we live a life of peace. Integrated are those who play who joyfully knit themselves together within. They shall be stamped with the seal of cosmic identity. Now we're back into now we into our identities. Letting God define who we are. Healed are those who bear the fruit of sympathy and safety for all. They shall hasten the coming of cosmic creation. All of that, if you look at the notes on the next page, it all talks about you know that. Um, uh, The word, the word that means blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The 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 word for peacemakers refers to those who not only make or perform an action, but also are committed to it. Are we committed to peace? I am. Peace be still. How often? how powerful was it? Peace be still when Jesus said that. Remember that? Calm the waters. Peace be still. I remember staying in this house one time and was storm. And peace be still. And the storm went Shh, around us. You know, I mean we got rain, but we didn't get the violent wind. We didn't get all that crappy stuff that came with it. Peace be still. You would you would in a sense do that when you would go out and prohibit the rain from coming until you were done auditing cars. Yeah. You know, that's a form of peace be still. No so, range. <laughs> so it's not just peace and relationships, but it's being at peace with our 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 oneness with all of the cosmos. And the word peace then it talks about, uh, as a greeting, it means health, safety, and mutual agreement that saves a difficult situation. Just being conscious that the word peace is just a calming effect, peace. You can breathe, peace. And as you do that, as you focus on that, Internal peace comes, but it also sends out peace outside. So then the next one I wish I could spend more time on all this, but because I do have a, I do want to do the Baxter thing next week. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh my gosh, I heard something yesterday or the day before yesterday. Oh. You're not really doing something until you're being persecuted
2: with uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Here's a better, here's some translation. Blessings to those who are dislocated for the cause of justice. Their new home is the province of the universe. Health to those who are dominated and driven apart because they long for a firm foundation. Their, their domain is created by the word, capital W, above, and the earth beneath. And here's aligned with the one, capital O, are those who draw shame for their pursuit of natural stability. Theirs is the ruling principle of the cosmos. So you go out and you try to speak peace, and some, some people are going to per- persecute you. Don Keithley gets persecuted quite often. But you know what? It doesn't bother you. You'll hear in this this audio from Baxter. He's way past that. He's way past people calling him a heretic. But in it, when you first experience it, it's kind of disconcerting,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, because it it, it, may, it makes you stop and question if you really believe this? Because it would be just easier to go back into the into the weeds and let let the evangelicals run the roll, right? Healing to those who have been shattered within from seeking perfect rest. Holding them to life is heaven's I can. Those who've been shattered from seeking perfect rest. God says, I can, to your sense of shatteredness. I can what? Restore. Restore. Make whole. Because that's what healing is, right? To restore, to make whole. So being persecuted for righteousness doesn't mean you go out and you stand on stand a corner on a soapbox and declare eternal damnation and let the hecklers come after you. That's not what it means. It means take your peace. It means take what you have, even that sense of justice, because as our, the godly sense of justice is about reconciliation. It's about wholeness. And it's about seeing people who are hurting and go, your justice is to be restored. God's justice is restorative, not punitive, not retributive. And so having an attitude of restoration is part of the sense of justice within the kingdom. And then when I go, when I sit there and I'm I'm going, God, this you know, this is just seems like a little bit too much to bear. And heaven says, I can, I'll take care of it. Just let me have it. Mm-hmm. Because when it becomes a, when it becomes a sense of happiness, it's probably because I've tried to take ownership of it, and I just need to release that. Because you know sometimes we get so passionate for the things that God is showing us that we take ownership of it, and then Greg, you just got to deal with my program. You know that's what that's what happens is I take ownership of it and I tell him he's got to deal with my program. And, then, and, then, and when Valerie's confronted by the judgmental person. I don't have to, I don't have, she doesn't have to get on that man right She can just go, peace to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then under her breath go, awakening to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reoccurrence of the phrase, um, makutha Dismaya reminds us of the loyalty and power of the universe, as well as the potential. And the Shem, here's what this one interested me. Remember one of Adams or Noah's sons was named Shem? Shem, or light, is an evidence in evidence everywhere. I didn't know that Shem meant light. I never heard that until I read this. Don't be afraid to look beyond the boundaries of what you call home. Look for the light outside of you, too. You know? Carol and I saw the light in that guy yesterday. Or else we would have just walked past him. Something intuitively inside of us drew us to him. So society does not easily tolerate the prophetic spirit. And and one is likely to run into opposition. Inside the church is more often than not where you'll find opposition. I find people outside the church are much more open to prophetic revelation to be encouraged than inside the church Mm -hmm. because it rocks the boat. I encourage Stuart Who's I'll say if he if he was in a denominational system and he was doing things in that church and I encouraged him to step out of his box and step out of that cycle, that leadership's not gonna be happy with me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You guys know me enough now that if I get persecuted, Cheryl can clean it up. <laughs> All right, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. What does that mean traditionally? I love the second one of this Aramaic translation, the second one. Health when your strength is sucked out, when you are disunited and falsely classified as a waste of time for my sake. There are bloodsuckers out there. There are life suckers out there. And Jesus says, health to you when it happens. But it doesn't feel like it at the moment, Lord. Health to you when it happens. Renewal when you are reproached and driven away by the clamor of evil on all sides for my sake. When you are covered with insults like a sticky web, pulled apart at the seams and wrongly labeled immature for my sake. And when you feel contaminated, dislocated, and feel an inner shame for no good reason, it's for my sake. I mean, basically what he's saying is the world will come at you. But he's the answer.
6: Sounds like even yourself, the last one, is like even when you yourself are making yourself feel that way.
0: Yeah, when you feel contaminated, dislocated, and feel an inner shame for no good reason. Yeah. So... All of this is we've done this exercise. Oh, uh, I guess there's one more. Yeah. Okay. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. First of all, where's heaven?
2: <laughs> it's
0: just, it's so it was a reward.
7: Okay. So
0: it says that. I'm going to drop to the third one. Drink a drop or drench yourself. No matter where you turn, you will find the name, capital N, inscribed in light. It's all the one creation. And drop me down a few more, it is It is a sign of prophecy to be persecuted by circumstances. So whenever you're out there and you're putting grace out there, you're putting union out there, you're putting, putting oneness out there, and those who are just you know, judging you back, especially from inside the church, just rejoice.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Yours. Take a drink. I love this one. Do everything extreme, including letting your ego disappear. <laughs>
0: yeah, for this is the secret of claiming your expanded home in the universe. <laughs> letting go of your ego expand, yeah. your, expand your home. <laughs> your mansion gets bigger. Right? So it is the sign of the prophets and the prophetess to feel the disunity around them intensely. And there's so much truth in that. when um, that's when I'm around God, he can feel the disunity, the disharmony more than more quickly than I can. So the world brings what we what the scripture calls a contamination because it judges you back, it judges you for who you are by a standard that's not God's. The world is always judging by, by a different standard. So I don't have to accept that judgment. I just want to encourage you to read through this. Here's, the, here's his, his ultimate translation of the Beatitudes. Tuned to the source, capital S, are those who live by breathing unity, capital U. Their I can is included in God's. So my I can is in union and oneness with God's I can. Blessed are those in emotional turmoil. They shall be united inside by love. Healthy are those who have softened what is rigid within. They shall receive physical vigor and strength from the universe. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for physical justice. They shall shall be surrounded by what is needed to sustain their bodies. Blessed are those who from their inner wombs, birth mercy. They shall feel as warm arms embrace them. Aligned with the one are those whose lives radiate from the core of love. They shall see God everywhere. Blessed are those who plan peace each season. They shall be named the children of God. Blessings to those who are dislocated for the, for the cause of justice. Their new home is the province of the universe. Renewal when you are reproached and driven away by the clamor of evil on all sides for my sake. Then do everything extreme, including letting your ego disappear, for this is the secret of claiming your expanded home. in the universe. I wonder why oh there's some more, sorry. For so they shame those before you and all who are in rapture saying inspired things who produce on the outside what the spirit has given them within. So you are blessed when you produce when you read, when you speak and do what the spirit has produced within. The essence is give up our ego, because that's where judgment usually comes
2: from. Mm-hmm.
0: When my ego says, I got I you know, this is who I am this is the standard I set. That's where I'm going to start judging. From. But when my identity is wrapped up in Jesus and I know I'm one with him, ego doesn't take control anymore on a regular basis. Right? So periodically, ego slips in, right? But the, the beauty is there's no shame or there's no judgment in that. We just center, we recenter. But guys, you are you are so powerful and the Beatitudes, you know, was a was, a, was a, intended as a wake-up call to the Jewish people. But there's more than just a wake-up call. It's a statement of who we are. And I, if I fall short, I don't condemn myself. I just thank the Lord that he's at work. Okay. I am not perfect. Yeah. In a sense of my living out life, but life is good. Okay. Comments, Bur- uh, Muriel or Valerie or
4: anyone else? I have another story. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess, I don't know, you guys have probably heard about Canada and uh, the freedom convoy we had with the truckers. That was back in February, end of January, February, and how they they didn't fight. They were protesting in, in a in a kind way and uh, not reviling back, and not in any violence of any sort. <clears throat> and there were arrests made. We have political prisoners right now that are, are incarcerated that are not even allowed bail. Uh, just talking about how the governments are, are falling apart, how a lot of the people in the country are judging these people and judging what was done in misconception, and just how there's just that turmoil in, 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 the, in the whole world, really. And I'm just thinking about one fella, his name is Pat King, and he was arrested, and he was kind of more of a rebel, he was voicing out there, he had a YouTube channel, and another pastor who was arrested and treated horribly, uh, but he's been released, and he's been counseling with Pat King, who was still incarcerated, and Pat King has met Christ in in jail, and and is very vocal about that. And so, you know, a lot of the things that happen in this world happen and many people are on the front lines and we're in a front line also. And I think this teaching that you're you're sharing with us, Terry, is building up that portion of the world that needs that peace and that spreads that peace. So I, you know, bless you for doing that and I bless each one of you they're here today that are listening and taking it to heart and continue to, to meditate and to spread that peace because this world is in a turmoil and God's in it all. He is. So thank you. Each one of you.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you, (laughs)
4: Miriam.
0: Valerie, any thoughts?
7: Yeah. A couple of things are rattling around in my mind. It's like, well, it does seem like this world is in turmoil, but it takes all that pressure to create a pearl. So maybe it's being used to make it even better. I don't know.
4: Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't feel
7: so good at times. Right. Right.
4: <laughs> right. I, I agree. You
7: know, I, Yeah.
4: Change happens.
7: Yep, yep. What you're saying, about, oh, what you're saying makes me think about our ability to change the world. Um,
1: and I think that because we have our co creators with Christ, we can co create that this will turn into a pearl, mm-hmm. that we can see that. And no matter what evil has planned, we can overcome that. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to invite all of us a minute to to sit and see. Like like Muriel talked about the political prisoners, we have them from January 6th. Same thing, only different. The names have been changed. Mm -hmm. And we need to see Mm -hmm. truth and righteousness run out, ring out, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we need to see that pressure Turn these, turn that coal into diamonds, and and you know the thing of it is, diamonds are the toughest thing that we really know of. So let's just think, God and see. It's good, His work.
2: Yeah, that's
1: good.
0: So that's my story for today.
1: <laughs> Hope you got something out of
0: it. Sounds like some of you did. If you didn't, that's okay.
7: Um, so it's interesting because it just occurred to me. It's like, because I always pray that the truth comes out and this and that. But really, if we pray that whatever everyone's going through works for their good, mm-hmm. that could be life changing for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The uh, 12 o'clock buzzer just went off
0: outside. So we're going to call it a day here for this.